0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids is brought to you by Bet Online. All eyes are back on the gridiron, and his teams are back for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With the new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use the mobile app and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, BELIEVE to receive your bonus. For football, basketball, boxing, write to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. What up, TTK Potters? Welcome back to the program. Another episode of the Camden Kids Fantasy Football Podcast. This is episode 465. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, sitting with my man, Jay Della, better known as Jordan Della Valley. You can check him out at Della. Valley 7 on Twitter. You can find me at SkyGuasco on Twitter as well. We are going to try to get through the week four game recaps and what to look for in week five. But while we do this live Tuesday night, we have a big time wildcard baseball game happening. And I know it's faux pas in the fantasy football world to even consider baseball, talk about baseball, like baseball But Jordan and I are both baseball heads along with fantasy football. We each played in college. Uh, You're a Red Sox fan. Red Sox and Yankees are playing right now. I'm a Giants fan. Best record in baseball. We get a few more days off, which I'm thrilled about. Uh, Quick, quick feelings. Let's keep it to one minute or less or we're going to lose all of our followers. (laughs) One minute or less, man. How are you feeling here? Uh, Let's see. I think we're in the third inning or so. You're up 2-0 as we speak.
1: Yeah, I mean, being up to a uh, quick, quick home run from Bogarts. I mean, you can't be mad at the start so far. Uh, shutting down pretty prolific Yankees offense. So hope to hope to keep it rolling while we're while we're live here.
0: Best of luck to you, brother. The Kamish boys, good friends of the show, obviously also Red Sox fans. We know that they're big time Brady and Patriots fans, but of course they're also Red Sox fans. And uh, we made a friendly little wager at the beginning of the season. Who would have the better record throughout the season, Giants or Red Sox? We know the answer to that. Hopefully, for your sake, their sake, and my sake, maybe the Red Sox and Giants could meet in the big dance in a couple of weeks. We will uh, hold that until later, one game at a time. All right, brother, we are jumping into the week four game recaps. And, of course, I'm going to break those down for you, and you're going to give me what to look for in week five for each of these matchups and teams. We have one more week until bye weeks hit us, Jordan. We're going a little later this year because, of course, now we have the extended game. We have a 17th game, and 18th week, 17th game, so they moved everything up. Usually we start about 4-5 or five on the bye week, so we don't have to worry about it just yet, but we will here pretty soon, so I encourage people to start getting ahead of that with trades or extra quarterback, look ahead on DSTs, whatever you got to do, a streaming tight end, look ahead, beat the waiver wire, as they say. That's very helpful. Shout out to all the listeners streaming in live with us tonight on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter at Fantasy Focus. Make sure to give us a like, subscribe, hit the bell wherever you're watching. It really does help us out. Get the word out. Please tell your friends and your family. And of course, join us Sunday morning for live start sit three hours prior to kickoff. We got the entire TCK and Fantasy Focus crew coming at you for three hours starting at 10 a.m. Eastern time to 1 p.m. or 7 a.m. West Coast time for me, Jordan, and Bobby. All right, buddy, let's get into this, man. We got a lot of games to cover. We're going to jump right in here and get into the Week 4 game recaps and what to watch for in Week 5. We're going to start with last night's game and get into the Raiders and Chargers here. Chargers get the win, 28-14. Derek Carr, first game without 380-plus passing yards. He's been absolutely on fire. Early race in the MVP discussion, but the Chargers secondary, man, we've been talking about it for weeks. They are the truth. They've been hurt two years in a row, finally healthy right now. They've been dominating their competition, slowed down the Raiders' potent offense last night. 21 completions, 196 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick for Derek Carr. Easily his worst game statistically throughout this season. Justin Herbert, seven total touchdowns over his last two games. He's been dominant on Monday Night Football so far in his career. Austin Eckler finally exploded for us, 28 half PPR points last night, 15 for 117 and one on the ground, three for 28, and another touchdown through the air. Josh Jacobs disappointing once again, 13 carries, 40 yards, five catches, just five yards, but uh, excuse me, five targets, five catches for 17 yards, so you like to see the receptions, but 13 carries for 40 yards. Terrible efficiency. Renfro sticks out for the Raiders. Six for 45 and one gets a truck stick on the fake punt. If anybody got <laughs> to see that, that was pretty sweet. The Chargers lined up for a fake punt. Would you love to see some fancy stuff? Lined up for a fake punt, throw the fake punt. Renfro wasn't buying it. Came up old school Madden truck stick. Stopped him about a yard or two short from a big first down. It was a huge point for the Raiders at the point, but the Chargers prevail. Allen and Williams kept in check in this game. Seven for 36 on 11 targets for Allen. One for 11 on four targets for Williams. It was all Austin Eckler in this game. These guys are going to be just fine. Maybe a buy low opportunity for them. Darren Waller does score a touchdown, but just four for 50. Jared Cook and uh, Parnum also score touchdowns for the Chargers. So we thought there would be fireworks, and there were, but Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, And really all of the Raiders offense was kept in check here with the exception of Waller's touchdown. So takeaways here from Monday night football with the Raiders and the Chargers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My, my biggest takeaway, I think you're going to hate it sky, but uh, it's Josh Jacobs and his usage. I mean, he was coming off of two games where he didn't play missed the last two weeks. Weren't sure how, you know, he felt with the toe, how the Raiders were going to be utilizing him in his first game back. He got 13 of uh, the, the 15 carries from the, that running back room and, in Las Vegas. So uh, yes, it it, it was not efficient, right? Average 3.1 yards per carry, um, but didn't find the end zone, but was also used in uh, the passing game. Like you mentioned, five targets, five catches. So uh, the yardage is yet to be there, but you know, we mentioned that this is the same uh, chargers defense that shut down for, you know, a good portion comparatively uh, the Dallas Cowboys offense. So moving forward uh, I'm actually okay with with Josh Jacobs' usage, especially in a PPR league. He's going to have so much opportunity. Um, Kenyon Drake at this point doesn't seem to be taking away from any of that volume, right? Whether you believe in the talent or not of of Kenyon Drake versus Josh Jacobs, uh, the opportunities and the usage are, are going all Jacobs' way.
0: It's so silly. I tweeted out during the game, and I got actually destroyed on Twitter, which is fine uh, because I I stand by my takes. I'm not a hot take guy. I, like, truly believe what I say on social media. And my tweet was simply a reminder that the Raiders spent $14.5 million on Kenyon Drake this year for two years, $11 million guaranteed to a third-string running back that they chose in free agency to bring in. I, I liked the signing, but then they bring in Peyton Barber, give him the run last week when Jacobs was out, Drake is not even the pass catching back nope. last night. Right. So like no targets, no, what catches, are they doing? Nothing. Like, what are they doing? Jo- Josh Jacobs? Look, I've been a Josh Jacobs fader for all season, right? Miles Sanders as well. And I missed on Swift, but I stand on where I was at the time of the groin injury, but Josh Jacobs is still terribly inefficient. Yes, he might fall in for a touchdown. I don't want to play a guy that might fall in for a touchdown and has two yards per carry or something, like two and a half, three yards per carry. not last week, yeah. Okay, so the usage usage is there. Uh, I'm just not very excited. And then Kenyon Drake is somebody I thought you could get, like Jamal Williams, who might actually have more efficiency, which he does. They're just not using him baffling in uh, Las Vegas there. So very interesting. If you want to stick it out for Josh Jacobs, go ahead. Um, but as you all know, uh, that's not my cup of tea. So we'll see what happens moving forward. I like to see him healthy. Uh, that's good news for fantasy football and the Raiders, but um, I just can't trust John Gruden, unfortunately. All right, let's dial it back here to Sunday night football, and then we'll get into the Sunday slate. So of course, this is the uh, game of the century, really in regular season terms. Brady returns to Foxborough. This was a much closer game than anybody anticipated. The Buccaneers squeak away with a win here, Jordan. And If you watch the game, you know Folk missed a missed a fifty-six yarder that would have probably won the game. Uh, Brady would have got the ball back and you know could have pulled a Brady and won it out. But they would have had the lead at least the Patriots did, and he missed it. Um, but nonetheless, they had a chance to win this game here. Mac Jones really impressed in my opinion, two seventy-five and two. Every, all the talk was about Brady, obviously, but the amount of pressure that that kid had to follow up Brady and will have his entire career to live in the shadow of Tom Brady, I thought he played really well in this game. Uh, Tom Brady didn't do much in this game, to be honest. Everybody had him as DFS. We had him for like 405 touchdowns, nothing close. Leonard Fournette, 20 touches, 130 total yards. Mike Evans, the lead receiver this week, it seems to be a roulette every week, 7 for 75 here. And for the Patriots, not much to talk about elsewhere here. Both defenses played pretty well. So takeaways from the Sunday night game here between the Bucks and the Patriots.
1: Yeah, I mean, my biggest takeaway, I think, for the Bucks, you can kind of uh, throw this game out. I mean, you're moving forward with what that offense is. Uh, You know the weapons that they have in Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, uh, and Brady. Obviously, Fournette's now going to be the back uh, over Rojo. But really, what I took away from uh, this Patriots offense is really the the receiving work, uh, especially in a matchup where I mean they ran the ball eight times in this game against that Tampa Bay. Uh, One of them was Mac Jones, so seven running back carries. Uh, Smart, really, Patriots. Yeah, I mean that's the game plan that almost everyone's been going with against (laughs) Tampa Bay. Um, Obviously, Damien Harris will be fine moving forward in better matchups where where they'll be running the ball more. Um, But when Mac Jones does have to throw. He's not throwing the ball downfield, right? Again, this is a is a um, very good pass rush defense in Tampa Bay, and so Mac was probably looking to get the ball out soon. But yards per attempt in this game under seven. Um, he's really looking for those short routes. Jacoby Myers uh, and now Brandon Bolden with James White being out. Uh, you know, we kind of had the questions: Is it going to be JJ Taylor? He fumbles in this game, and it's probably done. Um, and so at least with this small sample size, we can look towards Brandon Bolden moving forward in a pinch in a PPR league, maybe in a good matchup, uh, where you expect the Patriots to be throwing a lot and dumping off a lot. Uh, I expect Brandon Bolden to be that, that receiving guy. Um, Nelson Aguilar last year had a, had a great year with the Raiders, but most of that was almost in the rugs type role with deep threats where he's not going to be really getting those looks. I don't think in this Patriots offense.
0: Right. And it, uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Patriots actually do in the running game here. Um, I don't really trust anybody. Damien Harris is somebody I've been playing all season so far, but obviously put up a dud last week because they just didn't use him. It's all game script and matchups because, you know, yeah. Bill doesn't mess around. Bill's not going to say the Bucks are very good at run defense and run into a brick wall all night. He, yep. he, you know, he just won't do that. He'll avoid it. So um, dud last week, but um, I won't want to play those guys until bye weeks when I have to just because I don't know who it's going to be. There's just so many heads always in new England and and Antonio Brown could have had a much bigger game in this one as well. Uh, You could say he dropped a touchdown. It was a tough throw, tough catch diving in the back of the end zone, whatever we've seen him make it before, but he missed this one. So it could have been a bigger game for him and Brady, but uh, without Gronk, there was clearly a hole there for uh, the Buccaneers. Okay. Let's dial it back to Sunday morning and we'll get into the Sunday games here. Lions and bears bears get the win. 24, 14 David Montgomery, 106 yards and two touchdowns, but he gets injured in this game. He does avoid a torn ACL, which is obviously very good news, but the early report is he'll be out at least four weeks, maybe four to six. You will be able to put him on IR. I would recommend you do that. Do not drop David Montgomery. Um, If you are in a dynasty league or something, uh, obviously you can stash him or you can go out and try to pick him up. If you can, Uh, he has been absolutely fantastic this season. Just an unfortunate injury here that's going to put him out a month, which is too bad. He was playing very well here. Darnell Mooney, the clear number one here in Chicago. God damn it, dude. What the hell are we doing? Darnell Mooney, my man. I've been repping Darnell Mooney all offseason, so I'm pumped on this call. But this goes to just completely bury my man, Allen Robinson, who I was trying to stand up for this week, and all offseason It's not happening. Five catches, 125 For Darnell Mooney, he has outpaced targets, receptions, and yardage for Allen Robinson this year. Allen Robinson has one touchdown. Darnell Mooney has none. Otherwise, Darnell Mooney has completely faded out. Allen Robinson. We'll see if Andy Dalton or Justin Fields start this week. Matt Nagy's an absolute um, uh, trickster here with fantasy football concerns. Justin Fields does get his first W, so good for him. And then the running backs for the Lions held in check this week. Uh, Not much doing here for the Lions. It's going to be all you know, uh second half garbage time for this team for the most part. Hawkinson had a big week a couple weeks ago, but pretty much held in check. Bears played well on defense, divisional game. Uh these are usually pretty close. So thoughts on the Lions of Bears.
1: Yeah, I mean you, you mentioned Hawkinson with the big game last week. Obviously both touchdowns this week for the for the Lions go to who we all expected it to go to, uh Kalief Raymond. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but uh I mean moving forward this is like we should expect obviously Deandre Swift, Jamal Williams and TJ Hawkinson to continue to be the guys, uh, for that, for that lions offense. Um, for the bears. I mean, this is one where I, I don't know what to do with Darnell Mooney or, uh, Alan Robinson, right? Because it seems like when Justin Fields is in, you mentioned it, that Darnell Mooney's the guy. The question is like when Andy Dalton comes back and fully healthy, um, we've obviously had less of a sample size with those two, but, um, you know, Alan Robinson year in and year out has proven to be a top option for uh, wide receiver fantasy football. Um, and so is the, I, for him to fall off this drastically is, would be wild. Um, I see the argument for a buy low. I also see the argument for selling and moving on. Um, if you have him on your team, I feel like you can't trade him. I have him on, unfortunately, multiple. And I feel like I, I don't get what I need back from him. Um, and so I'm kind of stuck with him on my bench. Honestly, I, I can't start him and I can't trade him. Um, I guess the real, the real interesting, like you know, as we get into the bye weeks and trade uh, season of fantasy footballs, let's say that you're the the, the four and zero or the three and one team sky, and uh, you are maybe you drafted Raheem Mostert or you have Christian McCaffrey something like that. Is if you, do you want to go out and buy David Montgomery if you think you can make it through these four or five weeks that he's likely to be out and hope that he comes back at the 100%? I mean, he's clearly gotten a hold in uh, when he is healthy on that Bears backfield and will always have the opportunity to, to have this, you know, 102 game where he even came out early because of that injury.
0: Yeah, in theory, I think that sounds great because if I fast forward a month from now, then I have hopefully Christian McCaffrey healthy and David Montgomery. The problem is, Jordan, even if I'm 4-0, uh on my team, I'm out. You mentioned Raheem Mostert, right? So let's just say sure. hypothetically you had Mostert and, and McCaffrey. Both those guys are out right now. So, first of all, if you're winning games without those guys, your team's stacked. But in this in this case, whatever. Let's say three and one doesn't matter. Yep. Above 500. Uh, the problem is you have to wait out McCaffrey and you have to wait out David Montgomery. Those to me are concerns. Um, I'm not as excited. Oh God, go socks, dude. I'm feeling it for you, brother. <laughs> um, so I I would love to wait that out. The problem is you have to wait out a month and then hope McCaffrey's healthy too and still have to keep winning games. Because the problem is, even though he's injured, you're going to have to give up something valuable for David Montgomery, probably a running back, right? Or a top-end wide receiver. So that's going to be tough there. So yes, in theory, I would love to do that. I just don't know that you're going to actually be able to, unfortunately. And you mentioned it earlier. Yeah, Alan Robinson, I tend to want to hold on because I just know the talent and whatever. But if you're going to get rid of him, like for what? Yeah. You know? Like, honestly, this sounds ridiculous. I mentioned it kind of tongue-in-cheek on uh, Instagram earlier in my uh, post about Darnell Mooney. But then I started thinking about it. I'm like, man, it kind of makes sense. I might straight up try to to trade Allen Robinson for Darnell Mooney. I'm not kidding. I think that's probably the move, unfortunately, because we see it all the time. I've mentioned this for years on the podcast. You have second-string quarterbacks, which Justin Fields is, right? Second-string quarterbacks run with the second team guys that's darnell mooney it's not alan robinson so sometimes you get an injury and you have another guy come in you're like why is he thrown to the fourth string wide receiver like what the hell is this and it's like that's the practice guy that they play with they don't play with the ones so a lot of times you see that happen and, and you just got to kind of read the tea leaves there so darnell mooney as of right now looks to be that guy and he's already outpaced Allen robinson throughout the season Okay, let's move on here to Washington and Atlanta. Washington gets the win. This is a close game. It's a fun one to watch here. 34-30. Football team gets the dub. Terry McLaurin, another big game. Six for 123 and two touchdowns. One of them was a grown man touchdown. It was pretty impressive. Uh, Heineke just kind of threw one up in the back of the end zone. And McLaurin basically shrugged off the defender who was all over him, ripped through a pass interference, and just snagged it out of the air. It was kind of a Julio Jones-esque grab, which is impressive. Heineke, to his credit, 290-3. and Quarterback number five on the week, Jordan. Doing really well if you picked him up as a streamer. Cordero Patterson, three receiving touchdowns. The question is, is he a must-start? What do you do with Mike Davis, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts? getting the work but not quite getting the production, still yet to score. And then Matt Ryan looked a lot better in this one. Antonio Gibson kind of falling by the wayside to um, J.D. McKissick once again here. So uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. And then we do have a question here in the chat room regarding a start-sit with Cordero Patterson we'll get to in a second. But thoughts on Washington and Atlanta?
1: Yeah, I mean, with this Atlanta offense, at least we're starting to see. I mean, they did play, obviously, a – not the best defense, uh, despite what we thought, in Washington. Um, they're starting to come around. They're starting to click a little bit, right? They they struggled week one against Philly. For what reason? I have no idea. Chiefs destroyed us. Um, but the Atlanta offense is starting to come around. And so the question now is essentially that Cordell Patterson is, is he going to continue this usage? They've been using him uh, in high leverage situations, high opportunity situations, obviously gets the three touchdowns. He's involved as the the Falcons get closer to the end zone, which is for fantasy, obviously what you want. You want your guy, if he's going to be used closer or further from the end zone, I want my guy being used close to the end zone. The question is, is, is this touchdown pace going to continue for Patterson? I think a lot of defenses are obviously keying in on Ridley and Pitts. I don't think Pitts has scored yet this season off the top of my head. Ridley might have won. Um, but certainly, I, I don't think that pace for either of them is going to continue. I think those two are going to start to find the end zone and chip away too. at Patterson's uh, uh, touchdowns here. Now, he might not have these three, three receiving touchdown blow-up weeks, but Mike Davis's snaps week over week have been trending down, his snap mm-hmm. usage. And so Patterson is being used more and more. And the preseason hype on Mike Davis is because of the opportunity and how he was going to be the only back in that Atlanta offense. And now that's starting to be more of a 50-50 split. Um, and Patterson is getting the more uh, uh, the higher value snaps from that backfield. Um, so is he a must start moving forward? I wouldn't say must start, uh, but certainly a, a decent RB2 option. Uh, if he's able to flex into that RB slot in your uh, fantasy format,
0: absolutely. And a big reason I didn't draft Mike Davis and faded him all summer was because. I just didn't believe that he was going to be the full-on bell cow. And sure enough, they brought in somebody. Now, I didn't expect it to be their kick returner, uh, but I expected them to bring in somebody. And sure enough, they brought in um, Cordero Patterson, who, look – I, I, I've been thinking about it this way because when you look at Cordero Patterson, you see number 84 in the backfield, you're kind of like it's like Ty Montgomery with the Packers over the years, right? Like number 88 taking a carry. you're like, yeah, okay. It feels you know, very like, gimmicky. I, you're like, yeah sure, you're like, all right dude, you guys fast, get him in space, whatever. But if you just in your mind, put Cordero Patterson in like uh you know number 23 or something, right um 31, like give him a running back number. The dude's the truth. And he's a wide receiver, right? So he lined up, he caught one of the touchdowns as a wide receiver and as a running back. He's just a very good in space. Um, So he's going to keep that role there. And I think you, you know, if anything, sell high, but I I would just ride it out personally because that offense right now is going through him. And I also believe that Ridley and Pitts will eventually get theirs. We do have a question I want to get to here. Uh, B-dubs on Twitch. Should I start Patterson? over CEH at Buffalo. CEH at Buffalo, Patterson playing the Jets. Now, this one's tough. Now, two weeks ago, everybody was panicking on CEH. We're going to get to the Chiefs game here in a little bit, but everyone was panicking on CEH, right? Like, oh, what's he going to do? They never give him the ball in the red zone, blah, blah, blah. He's had two really solid games, over 100 yards, scoring touchdowns. He is what we want him to be. But Patterson now, in my opinion, is that offense for the Atlanta Falcons. Do you ride the better offense with the Chiefs but more weapons, or do you ride the guy who just exploded and seems to be the number one option in Atlanta this week?
1: Can you start them both? I mean, who's, who's the other option here? I mean, the tough part is that
0: I'd imagine, and I don't mean to cut you off. I'd imagine though that CEH is like a third round pick this year. Cordero Patterson might've been a waiver wire scoop, right? So I would imagine they have a top end. I'm going to start them running back. And this is probably a flex unless they went zero RB.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the context here is, is tough because it, if it is, you play one of these and you have to sit the other um, and the options above these two are, are all better. And so you're definitely going with one of these. I mean, it's hard to sit CEH. I mean, especially coming off of these, these two hot weeks, um, but Buffalo's defense man is real. And mm-hmm. that is a tough matchup. Mm-hmm. Patterson is, I, I think Atlanta's going to have a day against new york if they're up early the patterson will get the probably the rush yard or the rush attempts um and again they're going to be using them near the goal line which i think they're going to be often against the jets um i think patterson's going to be more of your high risk high reward ceh might be your safer play uh me personally i'd I'd probably go ceh though
0: okay let's move on here we got the texans and those bills this one was a Over before it started here. The Bills have really turned it on. They had kind of a slow start. Um, Got a dud versus the Steelers in at home week one and then have turned it around since. Second straight game for the Bills defense, um, not giving up a point. They've been (laughs) absolutely dominant here. Uh, Stephon Diggs gets on track as well. Seven catches, 114 yards. We knew that was coming. He was my buy low candidate yesterday on the trade talks with our girl, Kelly Singh of the Commission Fantasy Football Podcast. You can dial it back one time. Uh, Be- uh, Bobby Kelly and I talked um, about a half hour on trade targets and stuff, so you guys can check out that episode if you'd like to for some options. And Josh Allen, man, not exploding for yardage, but very efficient. 248 and two Texans, none doing here. Uh, that secondary, Trey White and company for the Bills is the truth. Um, shut down Brandon Cooks and everybody else on this offense here. So you could just throw it out for him. I think you got to start him as a wide receiver three or flex moving forward. But the Bills are just fine. Look, Zach Moss, man, going to get the work late. They've had two games in a row where the entire fourth quarter is basically Mitch Trubisky and the run game, right? So if they're able to do that to most opponents, um, now I don't see them doing that to the Chiefs, but if they do it to most opponents, then you can start these running backs. Which running back do you feel more comfortable with moving forward? And is there anybody on the Texans, including at this point, Brandon Cooks, that's surefire start every week?
1: Yeah, moving forward, I mean, I am more confident in Moss. I mean, these last two weeks for Buffalo, it's been pretty much a 50-50 split with him and Singletary. Um, But Moss is more involved in the pass game. Moss is more involved as they get closer to the goal line. And so if I'm looking for either A, the floor of potential receptions and, and passing work from my running back, that's Zach Moss if I'm looking for the touchdown upside outside of Devin Singletary, breaking off like a long 40 yard touchdown run, which has he ever, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm more comfortable with, with Moss moving forward. And the other piece of this Buffalo offense that probably like, obviously you're starting Diggs, you're starting uh, Allen, if you have them, but Dawson Knox again, uh, had a, had a great week this week, two touchdowns on five catches last week, scored um, on five targets as well. Uh, So Dawson Knox, especially if you don't have the, the Travis Kelsey's the, the Darren Wallers um, Knox should be pretty highly involved in this offense moving forward. Um, And then to your, to your question of who do I want on this bill's offense? I mean, Texans. Sorry. Yeah. Texans. Uh, I'm fine with cooks. Obviously Uh, cooks is, is great. Um, But I mean, outside of cooks pretty much no one.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'll throw out another, uh, you know, a deeper waiver pickup at this point. If you if you have them in deeper leagues or just, you know, as bye weeks come up, you can also look at Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley because the volume in most games will be there. They just straight up didn't really have to keep going against the uh, Texans because they weren't putting up a fight. But a game with the Chiefs should be a shootout both ways. So I would expect both those guys to have a nice game next week. All right, let's move on here to the Panthers and the Cowboys. Cowboys get the win, knock off the Panthers, who were previously 3-0. and This was kind of a which team is for real on both ends. Um, Cowboys defense is the truth. I'm, I've been very impressed with this defense here. Zeke, 20 carries, 143 yards and a touchdown. DJ Moore, the clear number one for Carolina, eight for 113 and two touchdowns. Sam Darnold, two passing, two rushing touchdowns he has five rushing touchdowns on the season here jordan has been super fun and Ceedee lamb held in check amari cooper 35 yard touchdown here and again uh no christian mccaffrey so you know hubbard got some work but obviously not christian mccaffrey robbie anderson another dud game here so no real surprises here for the cowboys they take care of business um do you think this keeps up for sam donald because obviously he's not gonna i mean four touchdowns a week is just insane for him right now but this offense is the truth they don't even have their best player right now and the Cowboys defense is no no you know walk in the park here so do you believe in Sam Darnold long term and thoughts on the Panthers and Cowboys overall in this game
1: yeah I mean I do I I I have to almost because of yes four games is a small sample size but we have a long history of quarterbacks and other uh, NFL players who after playing for Adam Gase seem to just take off. And uh, in these first four games, Sam Darnold is just another one of them. Yes. The the rush touchdowns probably won't be there, especially as Christian McCaffrey comes back uh, and is fully healthy. I wouldn't expect Darnold to be putting up this, this uh, rush yard or rush touchdown um, week in and week out. But uh, like you mentioned, I mean, 28 points against this Dallas defense. If the Carolina Panthers are going to be that close and putting up that many points, uh, your quarterback's going to be involved. He's, he's the first one to get the ball, so he's either going to be passing it, potentially running it and scrambling. Um, I mean, for me, the real question and what to look for here next week is Robbie Anderson. He had the f- terrible three first weeks. Obviously, expected more out of him, A, as the wide receiver, two for this team, or presumed to. Um, also, the history with Darnold back from New York. But puts up a decent game here uh, on five catches. And next week plays my beloved Eagles and their fantastic uh, defense. Obviously, um, so yeah. If he ha- <laughs> if he, uh, if he has a great game next week, if he scores, you know, a long touchdown, five like let's call it five catches, eighty yards, and a touchdown. If that's his exact stat line, um, rewinding and, and playing that back, um, you might be able to move him off of these these next these last two weeks um, and i would and i would yep yeah exactly um and and you you touched on the dallas offense earlier but i mean they're extremely efficient they're gonna be scoring a lot the defense is gonna be creating turnovers in short fields so if you have dallas options i mean start them. the one i guess question mark is tony pollard um you know like can you can you flex them yes but I, I probably wouldn't be playing him as my rb2 it's
0: interesting too because like the Dallas of last year, I know it was just four games or five games, whatever, with Dak before he got hurt, yeah. but they were running gun, dude. Their defense was terrible, right? So they were having to put up 45 points a game, which they were, but they were just throwing it, throwing it, throwing it, throwing it. Their defense is so much more improved. They don't have to. So yeah. they're actually playing Mike McCarthy football, which is pass when you need to, but run it as well. And that Zeke ball as well. So I think you know, when they're when you're looking at shootouts, obviously you're more excited about, you know, maybe Tony Pollard at the end of the game. But otherwise, it's clearly still, you know, Zeke's backfield. So let's slow down on the whole Pollard is better than Zeke nonsense. Um, You know, Pollard is going to be in there. He's explosive. He's going to have a couple big plays. He's going to score some touchdowns, have some good fantasy work. But let's slow down on that a little bit. If you're looking for the new hotness of Sam Darnold or any of those cowboy jerseys, make sure you go over to the Jersey Jungle on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK to receive 10% off of one or two jerseys, 15% off of three plus jerseys. These are already at half the price. You're going to find them on NFL.com. I have many of the jerseys behind me right now. I have Devontae Adams and Justin Herbert. For those of you not on YouTube that can't see me on the podcast side, I have been repping recently Nick Chubb. I have Alvin Kamara. I've got some baseball jerseys as well. Make sure you go check them out. The Jersey Jungle, authentic, game-ready jerseys, stitch and twill. These are not the cheap ones that rub off in the dryer. These are high-quality stitch and twill jerseys. Any sport, basketball, hockey, football, baseball, college as well, rookies are in. Go check them out on Instagram at the Jersey Jungle. Use the promo code TCK to get 10% off of your jerseys. And they're already half of what you get them on NFL.com. You started about 60 bucks. Use that promo code. You get them less high quality jerseys. Go check them out. My man, Trenton will take care of you and you can get yourself a jersey and call your shot. Jordan, I've asked you many times, but we're a month into the season. Has anything changed? Who is one jersey you're hoping to have on your wall behind you soon?
1: Well, now I got to get myself a Hertz jersey. I mean, early oh. on, it was, uh, it was one I stayed away from. I was never sure. It seemed to be a rotating quarterback room. I was, <laughs> I was glad I never invested in a Wentz jersey uh, as we're about to go to the Colts game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Hertz seems to be that guy, and so would love to obviously have his jersey.
0: One of your crazy, uh, crazy calls, bold predictions early right before we kicked off was Hertz would be the number one QB. At the time, it sounded a little bit crazy, but he is number three as of today. So he is on the charts. Well done there, my man. Let's move on here to the Carson Wentz Colts who get the W over the dolphins here without two. once again, 27, 17 Colts, get the big dub here. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 103 yards and a touchdown. we love to see that. He played very well. Devontae Parker, four catches, 77 yards and a touchdown. Miles Gaskin gone. I've been saying this since we started. It was him. It was Mike Davis, um, it was a lot of these middling running backs that RB dead zone. We're seeing a lot of them <laughs> disappear at this point. Unfortunately, Miles Gaskin is another one of those guys. Malcolm Brown is too involved here. Will Fuller gets injured once again, set to miss some time. I'm not interested in Will Fuller at all. I do like Waddle. I do like a moving forward. Hines, you play every other week. He seems to kind of go hit or miss there. And then Michael Pittman, I think, is still a good wide receiver three flex option with big and you boom or bust weeks more or less. And sneak attack here, I'm not interested personally, and I just don't need him on any of my teams. But T.Y. Hilton may come back in the second half of the season. As bye weeks come up, you might want to stash him on a deeper bench if you're able to or put him on IR while you can. Thoughts on the Colts and Dolphins?
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, what was really interesting to me about this game was actually Marlon Mack. So before this game, news broke, news came out that uh, Marlon Mack had requested a trade and Colts were actually uh, looking to shop him and move him in a trade. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people hadn't been used early on in the game and, or uh, in the season. And this was almost like, it felt like the Col- yeah, it almost <laughs> felt like the Colts were like, oh, you, you, we, we need to trade you. Well, we got to show you what we got to show our other teams what he can do.
0: Shanahan, look what he can do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gets yeah. 10 carries. Yeah, for 22 yards not not the best showing but uh I mean you do think back to Marlon Mack before the Achilles injury I mean he was pretty good for this Colts offense I mean depending on the landing spot if you want to stash him depending on uh how deep your bench is or or what other options are who you currently have at running back I'd be okay at least taking the speculative ad I mean let's throw out a, a hypothetical name like Marlon Mack, are you going to stash like Quez Watkins? Like, I'd be fine dropping Quez to to take the shot that Marlon Mack ends up in San Francisco or uh, somewhere else. Um, Still,
0: still Baltimore, Atlanta. I mean, Miami, even. I mean, there's a handful of teams that could use a kickstart.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that was my biggest takeaway from the Colts. I mean, you mentioned T.Y. Hilton potentially coming back. Um, I don't think he immediately becomes the one. I think, if anything, he just becomes a pain in in Pittman and maybe Pascal. and their fantasy production. Um, for the Dolphins, I mean, yeah, Gasicki and Waddle seem to be your only options. They're going to be passing a lot, especially while two is out. Um, in the PPR league, those are going to be your top two targets. I mean, Gasicki, I think, had like zero catches through the first half of this game, mm-hmm. maybe even even longer. And so putting up five for 57 in a touchdown in the last uh, you know half of this game, especially at the tight end position, is, is something that you could uh,
0: rely on. Tua set to come back, hopefully, in week six. So we're going to have one more one more week of, of Jacoby Brissett here. Um, we have another question here that I want to get to as we get to these players. Quickly, Jordan, drop Naheem Hines for J.D. McKissick, question mark? I personally would.
1: All right, see, for me, it's tough. I mean, they, they almost feel like the same guy. I mean, I think McKissick is probably – slightly more likely to be involved in the Washington offense than Heinz is in Indianapolis. So for that reason, I would drop him, um, drop Heinz for McKissick.
0: Um,
1: But in terms of usage and production, they so far seem to be the same guy.
0: I agree. And Beach, if you can find somebody, well, I guess, you know, got an extra note here or Latavius Murray. um, Would you pick up McKissick or Latavius Murray? Honestly, I know Murray's getting some work with Baltimore, it's a mess, and it's Lamar yeah. Jackson. Uh, Rashad Bateman's about to come back in. I'm not interested in, in Latavius Murray here. So I would drop Hines for McKissick um, personally, and this is half PPR. So um, I like that. And I also had another comment down here. Jordan wants a Dak Prescott jersey. <laughs> I don't think he does. I don't think he does. Fight and fire there. And then uh, another Colts question, and we'll move on is a Kareem Hunt for Jonathan Taylor trade fair? Now, fair is always relative in trades, in my opinion. Um, Now, if you were to say, like, is Derrick Henry for Kareem Hunt fair, then obviously that's stretching it. But, you know, Jonathan Taylor's had good games. He's had bad games. Kareem Hunt right now is the better fantasy back in Cleveland. But, of course, Nick Chubb is still there. So is it fair? Absolutely. I think it's always fair in trades for the most part. Would I do Kareem Hunt for Jonathan Taylor? I'd probably stick with Hunt right now, believe it or not.
1: Interesting. I'd, I'd go with Taylor just because my biggest concern with Taylor was Quentin Nelson being out and injured. And um, But obviously against Miami, uh, Taylor was fine. Um, he might have the up and down, but so will every fantasy running back.
0: Okay, fair enough. Moving on here. Let's talk about Kareem Hunt and those Browns. Browns take on the Vikings. The Browns escape here. 14-7. Expected a lot more points in this game. Um, You have uh, Justin Jefferson had six catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown. Nick Chubb, 21 carries and 100 yards. Still feels like a disappointment because he doesn't get those catches or a touchdown. But the usage, ladies and gentlemen, is unbelievable for Nick Chubb. Keep riding Nick Chubb unless you can move up. Do not trade Nick Chubb to go lateral or down. Nick Chubb is the man. He will be just fine. Kareem Hunt, though, seeing a lot of action, gets the touchdown, gets the receptions, He is number seven in PPR leagues. Nick Chubb is number 12. They're both RB ones right now. Ride the waves. You're going to be just fine. Nick Chubb gets that touchdown and Kareem Hunt doesn't. We're not even having the conversation. So ride it out. Baker Mayfield concerns me here. We've been talking about it for years. I don't want to get too into it because I know a lot of it's hyperbole, Jordan. But there is something weird with this Odell Beckham, Baker Mayfield thing. They're not on the same page, no matter how you slice it. I've been an OBJ guy. I threw up the O a bunch because my Ducks let me down last week with no offensive coordinator, which I don't want to get into, but they dropped the ball. So I had to throw up the O for Odell Beckham Sunday morning instead. And I was very confident about that decision. Unfortunately, Baker Mayfield's not able to connect with him. We saw it on the last play of the game, essentially, that could have iced it for the Browns. They end up getting the win, but this would have put the dagger in. And OBJ was literally wide open. Baker sets up, no pressure launches it right over his head and they couldn't get connected and Jarvis Landry is still out that's a big question mark for me Dalvin Cook had a dud game wasn't 100 obviously he'll be just fine go buy low if you possibly can I picked him up in Dynasty earlier this morning Uh, Vikings are going to be just fine not worried about them are you concerned about OBJ or do you think he's looked great personally do you think he'll be fine and be able to uh, get through it here the next couple of weeks
1: yeah, I think if this were a one-game thing where we see that one pass, and, and for those who didn't see it, it was probably going to be like a – I think it was a 60-yard touchdown or something like that. They were on their own 40 or pretty close to it. And so a lot of times people like to play the, oh, well, if you take out Saquon's one yard rush, if you, what if you put in Odell's one yard touchdown catch, right? He goes from two for 27 in a very disappointing fancy day for like three for 85 in a touchdown, better than Amari Cooper was this week in, in Dallas, right? So it's easy to play the what-if game of taking it away, but we can also play it the other way. And so it's hard to say that Odell's going to be fine because this has now been uh, two years. Like This isn't like his first time playing with Baker Mayfield. He's played, practiced, like has been with Baker Mayfield for years and should have that connection developed by now. Um, Am I going to overreact to one throw? No, but this has been a while that these two should be together and on the same page um am i concerned about odell no because i wasn't expecting him to be that that wide Mm. receiver one that we you know saw back when back in new york with eli manning um but am i gonna be able to ever expect that from him this season
0: no fair enough let's move on here to the giants and the saints the Giants. And the Saints here, 27-21. The Giants get a big win here. Bobby's fired up here for his Giants. (laughs) Get the big win. Really a a huge upset, I think, um, in overtime here. 27-21. Daniel Jones, 400 passing yards. Leads the NFL this week in passing yards and two touchdowns. Saquon is Saquon. The wait is over. He looks great running, passing, Uh, or receiving, I should say, two touchdowns for him. Alvin Kamara, career high in 26 carries, 120 yards, no receptions, no targets, first time in his career. That is something to talk about. Kenny Galladay, six for 116. How do we feel about the Giants and the Saints?
1: Yeah, I mean, my biggest concern with this game, especially from the Saints side, was Alvin Kamara. I mean, this is the, you mentioned a career high in in targets, or carries, uh, career low in targets. Um but it wasn't just this game, right? If we look back and how the saints have been using him so far this year, he's had three of the four games where he had 20 plus carries. And I might be misquoting the stat, but I'm pretty sure he had like three or less of those games in his career up to this point. And I'd be all for getting Alvin Kamara the ball more often and giving him more carries, but not when it means taking away from his targets. Like we like to say in the fantasy community that Gibson was a, a receiver in college and Gibson should be getting more receptions. Like Gibson is is Kamara light? Like mm-hmm. you have to be involving Kamara in this past game for the saints, especially when Jameis is struggling, uh, not, you know, in that Bruce Arians, just chucking deep offense. Um, don't no risk why. it, no biscuit, baby. <laughs> don't know why uh, the saints offense, I don't know if it's they're scheming to not get targets to, to Kamara and they're trying to look elsewhere. I don't know why you would. Um, or if it's just, that defenses are, are taking it away, but uh, that's the most concerning thing to me is Alvin Kamara starting to be used more as a, a Nick Chubb-esque rather than, you know, a, a Christian McCaffrey type of usage. Um, from the G- from the Giants side, I mean, this was, this was a unexpected game from them from a fantasy perspective. I mean, the Saints defense is, is one of the best defenses in the league. I think um, Jones comes out here, puts up 400 yards, Galladay with over a hundred. I mean, even, as much as I thought it was a, a, a terrible draft pick, Kadarius Tony did okay. Did. Uh, in in a game without Shepard and Slayton, uh, you know, had nine targets. Actually, led the Giants in targets. Um, Galde with only seven. So, moving forward, I mean, I, I don't think Tony will necessarily be as involved. Obviously, once Shepard and Slayton are back, but he's able to establish himself in this offense in this ne- in these next couple of weeks and moving forward, uh, could be an interesting uh, play for DFS if not for a, a stash in. Um, uh, redraft their
0: keeper I absolutely agree and Michael Thomas may or may not come back in the next couple of weeks keep your eye on that stash him and IR as well and also look I mean Taysom Hill doesn't go away right he had two rushing touchdowns in this one yeah. those could have been Alvin Kamara's um, so frustrating there but that's the Taysom Hill deal we do have a question down here from uh, Mr. Jones 48 on Twitch I want to address this quickly are y'all live every Sunday morning on Twitch we are we stream every Sunday morning on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. So we are live on Twitch every Sunday morning, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. West Coast, one or 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. East Coast. That being said, if you'd like to get in our Super Chat function, which helps you jump the line for our hundreds of questions, literally, that we get every Sunday, if you'd like to be in the Super Chat function, that is through YouTube specifically. So we've had some people ask that, You would need to go to YouTube. If you have a Gmail account, then you can easily set up a YouTube account. It comes with your Gmail account. So that's easy. You can set that up. View us on YouTube, comment there, and you can use a super chat function. If you don't have YouTube or you don't want to do YouTube and you're on Twitch, for example, Mr. Jones, then you can actually hit us up on Venmo as well. And you can send in a contribution, even a dollar, two bucks, 20 bucks, whatever your contribution would be for your questions at TCK Pod. TCKPOD pod on Venmo. You can drop us a contribution there as well. We monitor that in real time. As soon as we get your contribution with your question, we will go ahead and get that to you. And every once in a while, we also have uh, giveaways for some T C K merch. We also have contributions to charities as well. If you'd like to be a part of that. So great question, Mr. Jones, I appreciate you asking. We are live on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter every Sunday morning for three hours of start sit but the super chat function that helps you jump the line with your questions is on YouTube specifically or via Venmo. So feel free to hit us up there. I appreciate you asking, though. That's a great question. I'm sure many others also had it. Let's move on down here to the Titans and the Jets. Another overtime game here. Another New York, quote-unquote, New Jersey win here for the Jets. Get off the schneid 27-24. Upset of the week easily this week here. We all thought it was going to be Derrick Henry, For 800 yards in this one he has a measly 157 on 33 carries we all predicted about 300 here and a touchdown Corey davis four for 111 and a touchdown a big touchdown at the end of the game there zach wilson gets his first win julio jones aj brown both out in this game ryan tannehill not able to get it done with josh reynolds leading the storm there um so kind of a throwout game for the titans because they just didn't have their weapons Great performance from the Jets, but I wouldn't get too excited here. Um, Titans' defense just isn't cutting it either. So uh, Corey Davis, I think, is the real deal. We know that Bill shut him down, Tre Davis White shut him down, but Corey Davis is a nice start. You know what's up with the Titans if they play, you play them. Any big takeaways from this game, or is just kind of a rinse out?
1: Yeah, mostly a rinse out. I think the one name to to look at here from this game uh, is on the Jets side, Michael Carter, um, rookie running back out of North Carolina. Um, you know, has was was not involved as much in the offense early, was splitting in this backfield that was expected to be a running back by committee. This week has uh, 13 of the 22 running back carries uh, from this. Actually, that's not even true. I think Barrios had a couple of them as well. So if we're talking about true running back carries, uh, Michael Carter is now starting to dominate that, uh, at least in this game, dominate that share. And so moving forward, like, am I going to start Michael Carter next week? No. Absolutely not. But um, if I have that bench spot again where I can drop a, a Quez Watkins or someone who's really not contributing and I'm not even going to play in a bye week anyway, it's kind of just a roster spot. Um, if Michael Carter's available, um, pick him up. Um, if not, uh, potentially just you know, kind of throwing him in a trade offer of like, oh, you know what, and uh, give, me this, give me this M. Carter guy.
0: Take the free squares when you can. I think that's a great idea. Let's move on here to your Chiefs and the Eagles. 42 30. Chiefs get the dub. We knew they weren't going to lose three in a row. Unfortunately, Jordan comes to the <laughs> expense of your Eagles here. Tyreek Hill, 186 and three touchdowns on 11 catches. Jalen Hurts, 387 and two. Looked very good. Mahomes does his thing, does so another pick. And then a quiet day for uh, Travis Kelsey. This is something, I mean, obviously you're not fading Kelsey. If anything, Go try to get him, but you won't be able to. I've been trying all day. Um, that being said, this is just the case that everybody has a game or two like this. Don't sweat it. You'll be just fine. That being said, the Chiefs and the Bills play next week. The Buffalo Bills and Matt Milano in the middle, very good against tight ends. You play Travis Kelsey with confidence every single week. However, we had a question about CEH earlier or Cordero Patterson. CEH had another good game in this one, over 100 and a score two scores if you if Travis Kelsey is getting bottled up a little bit double covered whatever Tyreek Hill is going to go nuts and then CEH is going to have a better game out of the backfield as well I would expect that again from CEH with the Bills coming up because I think they'll bottle up Kelsey again just a just a hunch there thoughts on uh, Eagles and Chiefs
1: Uh not too many I mean this game was essentially what I had expected I mean actually the the Eagles were offense was actually a, l- a little bit better than I was expecting um Obviously the, the Chiefs defense isn't isn't anything to write home about, but I mean all the pieces look good here on both sides.
0: All right. We do have a question here regarding the Chiefs. I'm going to bring that up now. Rucker Smith101 on Twitch. Appreciate all the Twitch love. We got a lot of folks streaming in on Twitch lately. Really appreciate everybody coming in. So thank you. Make sure to subscribe here to the channel on Twitch. Uh, as well as YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter if you're catching us live. Thank you very much. And you can catch us after the fact. If you ask a question and have to dip out, we don't get to it. We'll also stream all of these the next day on podcasts. So make sure to hit us up, Candlestick Kids, anywhere you listen to your podcast. Jordan, should I trade Patterson, More, I'm assuming it's DJ, DJ Moore. Yeah, Patterson, DJ Moore, and Kareem Hunt for Tyreek Hill and PPR. I would get Hill. Once again, Patterson, DJ Moore, and Hunt. For Hill in PPR, this is a big boy trade.
1: Yeah, it is. And, and if you're uh, listening to the podcast tomorrow and, and not watching right now on YouTube or, or Twitch, uh, really love the Lord Farquaad uh, profile picture there <laughs> out of Dr. Smith. Uh, um, I mean, this is really like a, a context trade. I mean, obviously, uh, DJ Moore has been. I think right now he's like the wide receiver four. On Unbelievable. The he yeah. has been the guy in that Carolina offense, especially with K- Christian McCaffrey out. Um, but even when McCaffrey was there, I mean, Moore has been completely fine. And so, yes, you are obviously getting an upgrade in Tyreek Hill. DJ Moore is not Tyreek Hill. Um, but that said, I mean, to give up both Patterson and Kareem Hunt to make that upgrade, uh, only if you have the running back depth to make that move would I do it. If I'm starting uh, either Hunt or Patterson, I mean, after those two, if, if those are your two and three running backs on your team, like, who's who's left for you like who else is on your team um would I trade those two away and have to start Brandon Bolden just to upgrade to Tyreek Hill no
0: yeah I, I actually totally agree with you here um and I hate to turn away Tyreek Hill obviously um but we saw that look the last two weeks man Tyreek Hill was completely bottled up right by good defenses and the Bills are a good secondary next week. He might get bottled up again, so you may be able to get him a little bit cheaper next week. I would hold on to DJ Moore. Patterson's playing well. So is Hunt. I'd hold all three of those. unless If you're stacked at running back and we don't know it, then sure, go ahead. If yeah. you're not, though, and you have to play these guys anyway, I would not do this trade. Okay, let's move on here to our next game here. Cardinals and the Rams, both undefeated coming into this. The Cardinals get out with a huge win here remain the only undefeated team in the nfl the arizona cardinals how about that 4-0 for the cardinals the rams suffer their first loss 37 20 cardinals dominated this game james connor two touchdowns in this one four touchdowns in his last two games chase edmonds 12 carries 120 total yards van jefferson six catches 90 yards in a touchdown cooper cup held in check no touchdown robert woods catches a late touchdown uh, new copkins being outpaced by A.J. Green again, over 100 yards, a couple of touchdowns for him as well. Kyler Murray's Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, a dud game, but he's a beast, usually moving forward. A lot of fireworks here, but listen to these names, James Conner, Van Jefferson, right, A.J. Green, these are the guys that we're not usually starting, but maybe we can moving forward with these two potent offenses.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Van Jefferson's the tough one for me, where uh, I think anyone in this Rams offense could have this type of a day, right? It could be Higby. It could be uh, obviously Cup, um, Woods, or Van Jefferson. And it could be just Sean Jack- Jackson even. And so I guess the, the issue with Van Jefferson and, and some of the pieces of this Rams offense is, is this going to be the week where they get you those 15 PPR points and score a touchdown or two? Um, or is this the week they go two for 12? Um, and outside of Cooper Cup, I mean – Hopefully Woods gets it on track, but really there hasn't been much consistency there from the Rams. Um, The other thing to look for that uh, on the other side of the ball, this game, uh, you mentioned the James Conner two touchdowns, but Chase Edmonds right now is the running back 12 in PPR format. uh, And still has not scored a touchdown. A running back is, is 12th in the league without scoring any touchdowns in a PPR format. That is insane the touchdowns will come for Chase Edmonds. If they will be next week, if they will be in week eight, at some point Chase Edmonds is going to find his way into the end zone. This offense is too prolific and and too powerful for him not to. And so if he's, you know, putting up RB12 numbers without any touchdowns, if you can go buy Chase Edmonds, especially this is now the back-to-back weeks where James, James Connors scored the touchdowns Uh, could be worrisome to the Chase Edmonds owner. I'd go out and buy Chase Edmonds.
0: Yeah, I would too, because uh, we see it a lot of times. I mean, there's a lot of running backs that have a great value in PPR that don't score a lot of touchdowns. I would go ahead and get that guy as well. Let's move on to the Seahawks and my Niners. 28-21, tough loss for the Niners. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo gets injured in this one, um, avoids – they thought it might be a torn Achilles, uh, popped Achilles there at the beginning. It's not. um, So they're going to hold him out this week. It'll be Trey Lance. Then they have a bye week in week six – We'll see how Trey Lance does and who comes out of it in week seven as they get going here. But um, Trey Lance comes out in the second half, seven rushing attempts for 40 yards, just rushing attempts. That's a lot of work in just one half. If you extrapolate that, as I did on yesterday's episode, 14 carries for 80 yards, hypothetically, in a a game rushing only. I mean, that's Jalen Hurts at least. Right. So we'd love to see that. Plus the passing ability. Debo Samuel stays hot. Eight catches, 156 and two touchdowns. A lot of that came on another blown coverage. I don't know why they don't pay attention to this guy. That's two this season. Blown coverage, 76-yard touchdown, yards yards. DK, 65 yards in a touchdown. Lockett held in check, but he did have that injury two weeks ago. Not quite worried about him or Russell Wilson. Chris Carson did not practice today. It's Tuesday with a neck injury. Keep an eye on that. Um, Alex Collins looked pretty good, to be honest. and He's been on the Seahawks about seven times. He's kind of the Ricky Henderson of the Seahawks, which is odd, but... He's making it happen, so keep an eye on that. If Carson misses, I would like to stream Alex Collins if I need to. Um, I'm okay to start uh, Trey Lance in a single quarterback league if you're streaming.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely am because it's because of that rushing floor that you mentioned. I mean, that was the basis of my take of, of Jalen Hurts becoming a, uh, the QB1, but you know he's he's the QB3 right now. But those mobile quarterbacks with that rushing floor in fantasy are – It's hard to disappoint. I mean, we go back to uh, Hurts' game against your 49ers. In terms of touchdowns and scoring, I mean, terrible game. Still put up 20 fantasy points. Mm -hmm. And so guys that have that rushing floor generally are not going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a little bit harder to predict with a rookie quarterback. I understand that. But uh, Lance in this 49ers offense is pretty good. And uh, the other thing to look forward to is Debo's obviously been the one so far. Ayuk seems to be in Shanahan's doghouse. Mm -hmm. Uh, For what reason? I don't know. Uh, but, uh, Debo also still seemed to be the favorite target of, of, Trey Lance when Lance came in, in that second half. And so, uh, any worries, uh, if you are the Debo Samuel owner, if he would potentially fall off with, with Trey Lance at quarterback, um, at least from a, a target perspective, uh, should be okay.
0: Yeah. George Kittle was also targeted heavily in this game, but couldn't come down with the touchdown that to hit him in the hands. Ross Dwelly, the backup tight end caught one early. Everybody thought it was Kittle. It wasn't. I am nervous about Kittle, but I'm not panicking. He's still Kittle. It's still the tight end. He hasn't even had a good week yet, and he's the tight end six. So just hold hold tight on George Kittle. Two games left here, Jordan. Let's power him out. Ravens, Broncos, Ravens, big win here. 23-7 over the Broncos, previously undefeated. But as we had mentioned multiple times, they had yet to really play anybody of significance. They go up against the Ravens. The Ravens run him out. Teddy did get hurt in this game. Drew Locke comes in. Yikes. I'm not excited about Drew Locke. Latavius Murray does lead this backfield. 18 carries, 59 yards and a touchdown. We talked about him a little bit earlier. Marquise Brown, four for 91 and a touchdown. We know that he could have had a massive game two weeks ago until Rashad Bateman comes in, which could be even this week. Then I'm okay with uh, Marquise Goodwin, Lamar Jackson, 316 and a touchdown as well for the Broncos. This run game still 50 50. I've been starting Javante Williams as my running back three in a league all year long, and I've been fine with it. Um, it's just a matter of time for him. But Melvin Gordon playing well to his credit and uh without an injury, I don't see them going away from 50-50 here.
1: No, I I don't either uh short of an injury or if they're ever, you know, kind of just out of the playoff race, maybe then getting Javante more more work. Obviously, uh, with a three and one record, it doesn't seem like that's coming soon, but you look back to who they played in the first three weeks, and maybe they string together a couple losses here. Um, but, I mean, in terms of fantasy production, the Ravens used to be a reliable backfield, and you could, you could start one, if not both of those running backs. Tyson Williams is a, is a healthy scratch and inactive. Um, they're giving the ball to Le'Veon Bell off the practice squad. I don't know what to do with this backfield. I don't want any parts of it. I, I don't want to start Latavius Murray. Um, but again, I mean, even though it was the last play of the game and a little cheap, they have now rushed for 100 yards as a team for what is it now? 46. 43. 43, 43. 43 straight games. They'll get to the 46. Uh, mm-hmm. But the sad part is for fantasy that that's mostly, mostly Lamar.
0: Yep, either way, um, quite impressive. And uh, there was some controversy with Fangio and Harbaugh. After the game in the presser, I'll let you all dig that up. Uh, but nonetheless, they get that record and continue to move on against the Steelers. Okay, let's get it. Uh, Steelers and Packers here. Um, Man, Steelers can't put it together here. Packers get a big win, 27-17. Randall Cobb, back in Green Bay for anybody that's been under a rock here. Back in Green Bay, two tutties in this one. Deontay Johnson. Missed, you know, injured a couple weeks ago, comes back nine catches, 92 yards and a touchdown. Absolutely peppered, constantly double digit targets in three of his four games this year. He is going to be absolutely peppered always as long as Big Ben is in there. Najee Harris, nice volume, scores a late touchdown. Devontae. I mean, held in check-ish, just 60 yards here, but he's going to be just fine moving forward. Aaron Jones as well. The Packers' defense just really impressed here, and they didn't need to necessarily run it up. So I'm okay with everybody here in this game. Still worried about the Steelers, Deontay Johnson, Najee Harris. I'm good with Chase Claypool out in this game. Juju, meh. Um, I think that's about it for this game. I mean, you, you start your studs, Deontay, Najee, Adams, Jones, Rogers, Tunyon, I'm fading, Randall Cobb, no thank you. Um, Juju all pass as well. Can't trust the tight ends and, uh, Packers DST might be more legit than we gave him credit for early in the season.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that first week, week one matchup against the, uh, the saints where they gave up 38 points. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe, but neither
0: team has played the saints haven't sure. been that good and the Packers haven't been that bad <laughs> since.
1: And that's, and that's why you don't overreact to week one in fantasy, but, uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much this is no one really kind of breaking out here, Claypool, obviously out, probably helped Deontay a little bit in terms of target volume. But like you mentioned, Deontay is going to be big Ben's guy, him and Najee are going to see a ton of targets, especially late in games when the Steelers team is, seems to be losing a lot late. Um, AJ Dillon was involved a little bit more and almost to the level that we had expected uh, preseason. Um, but I think that also might be a, just more of a factor of how, uh, not close. This game was late. Um, but, you know, moving forward, if the Packers are in a, in a plus matchup, I mean, maybe just keep an eye on AJ Dillon and his usage going forward. Um, but for the most part, it's, it's Adams, it's Jones and it's Rogers.
0: I absolutely agree. Want to give a shout out before we get out of here once again, to our friends at the Jersey jungle, check them out at the Jersey jungle and bomb banana, hot sauce, banana base, not banana flavored 10% off of your order at seekthespice.com. Banana, bomb, banana, hot sauce, banana base, not banana flavored. Once again, I want everyone to go and check us out. And we have mentioned this earlier, and I appreciate Mr. Jones bringing it up. We are live on Twitch as well. We mentioned streaming live on YouTube on the graphic here because that's where the super chat function is, and that's what helps all of you jump to the front of the line with your question. The reality is we get hundreds of questions, literally hundreds of questions Over three hours. We get about 20 minutes, 25 minutes behind schedule. So sometimes people say, Hey, man, did you get my question? They answer it three, four times to see if we'll catch it. The reality is we're behind. If you'd like to jump the line, we get to all the questions, but if you want to jump the line, you know, you can flip us a contribution that helps the channel grow, which we appreciate. And we will get right to your question, whether it's a dollar, whether it's 30 bucks, uh, we will get right to your question. So we appreciate that on the super chat via. YouTube. So create a YouTube account with your Gmail account. Jump in there with us. If you're on Twitch and you'd like to contribute though, feel free to hit up our Venmo at TCK Pod, TCK P-O-D on Venmo. And you can flip us a couple bucks there and also give us your question and we'll get right to it in real time. So appreciate you. Hit us up every Sunday morning, three hours before kickoff. My man Jay Della getting it done once again here with the week four breakdown and the week five. Previews, make sure you check out Jordan on Twitter, J Della Valley with an E, not a Y, and the number seven, and myself as well, Sky Guasco. And check out the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast anywhere you listen to the Believe Podcast networks and podcasts in general. All episodes of the Candlestick Kids are brought to you by Bet Online and the Believe Podcast Network. Make sure to subscribe and give us a like on all of the fantasy focus networks Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Jordan, before we get out of here, my man, best of luck to the Sox. I'm looking forward to catching you hopefully in a couple of weeks, my man. Enjoy the rest of the game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Up three, nothing so far. Valdi looks good through five. Whew. Starting to feel good.
0: Explain that picture behind you very quickly before we get out of here. It is so on point for right now.
1: Yeah, it's. Per- I mean, it's always up. But if it wasn't always up, it definitely would have been. It's uh, Jason Veritek and a Rod. Uh, A-Rod, I think, got brushed back a little bit, might have gotten hit with a pitch, didn't take it too kindly, wanted to cry about it, so Veritek had to put him in his place. Uh, Very iconic moment for uh, the MLB at large, but definitely for Red Sox fans and our hatred for A-Rod and the Yankees.
0: Best American League rivalry in baseball, Red (laughs) Sox-Yankees. Best National League rivalry, Giants and Dodgers. Looking forward to it, man. Always great in baseball when all four teams are in the postseason as they are. Best of luck to your socks, brother. We'll get back to this again real soon. For Jordan Della Valley, I'm Sky Guasco. We are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe.